Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Pashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestian Echo. The Entolamaginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode contains graphic content that some listeners may find upsetting. Today on the Indo Daily, what happened to Lola? Pour les enquêteurs, cette femme vue sur la vidéo surveillance serait la seule raison. This CCTV image is the last known photo of Lola alive. Taken at 3:15 p.m. last Friday, it shows an older woman leading the 12-year-old girl into a residential building where the young girl lived. Just hours. The woman allegedly took the victim to her sister's apartment, who lived in the same building as the child. She then forced the 12-year-old to shower before physically and sexually assaulting her and ultimately killing her. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by freelance journalist based in Paris, Catherine Field. We're going to discuss the story of 12-year-old Lola Davier, whose murder has shocked and shaken the French public to its emotional and political core. Catherine, before we get into the detail of this story, will you tell me a little bit about Lola and her family? Lola was 12 years old. She lived with her parents in a multi-storied tower block uh, in a suburb to the northeast of Paris. Uh, she was a schoolgirl. She went to school every day. She was known uh, by her colleagues as just, you know, a, a typical young girl who lived in Paris and enjoyed going to school and all the activities around that. And what do we know about the day that she went missing? Was there anything particularly unusual or out of step? Lola's body was found later that night in a trunk and bound in the courtyard of the building where she lived. Investigators found evidence of torture and say she died from asphyxiation. Nothing unusual out of step, which is perhaps why her parents uh, didn't raise the alarm immediately. She left her school. She walked home, which was completely normal for her. Uh, She went into the building where she was living at quarter past three in the afternoon. uh, And her parents were just waiting for her to come upstairs and, and join them for whatever they had planned for that evening. So at what point did they start to get worried? Time 
sort of went on. Hours went on and it was at around just under two hours later that her Lola's father, who's the caretaker of the building, went and received the footage of the closed circuit TV, uh, saw that her daughter had come in and then saw that someone else uh, had been there with her about that time. And that was when he phoned the police and then really just everything, just the whole area was inundated with police, all sorts of surveillance then. And pretty much because the French have the system where if a young child goes missing, they really do have a protocol that pretty much all the stops are off. They get out, they get everybody looking, and you, immediately people in the area have alerts on their phone that a young child has gone missing. This is something actually, Catherine, that is very um, interesting, I think, from an Irish perspective and as a reporter who often finds it very hard to get information from the Gardaí here, in France, they seem to put an awful lot of detail out there very, very quickly. You're quite right. There's been a lot of detail in the media about this. I mean, we know, for example, the taxi that the uh, the alleged murderer took, how she carried the body, how she left the body uh, in the back of a car for a while. All these details and a lot of them really are very gruesome, have already been in the press. And that is very different from what we have in our own legal system. It's quite extraordinary that we're getting so many details so quickly. But I think for the French press, they're under so much pressure uh, because the case of 12-year-old Lola has really touched so many people, so many parents who just remember that that their little one would just walk home from school and how happy they had been that they lived so close to a school uh, that their child could walk home. So talk me through the timeline a little bit. She gets home or well, to the, the apartment block at about a quarter past three in the afternoon. What do we know about the suspect or this person that she came into contact with? What we know is she is a 24-year-old of Algerian descent. Uh, She came to France uh, some years ago. She was living here legally as a student uh, for about the last six years. We know that the suspect's sister lived in the building where Lola lived and where Lola's parents were the caretaker of the building. What we know is that sometime after 5 p.m. on that day, She left the building uh, with several large trunks, uh, one of them on wheels. Some people are describing it as more of a packing case than a trunk. And in those trunks were the remains of Lola. We know that uh, there is these defense lawyers are saying that this 24-year-old suspect did have problems of some sort of psychological problems, psychiatric problems. We don't know that much about that aspect of it yet. An expert will determine whether my client is competent to stand trial for the acts she's accused of. She's innocent until proven guilty. Uh, But we do know that there was a period of time from around 5 p.m. Paris time to about 11 p.m. Paris time that this woman took these two trunks with Lola's body parts and they were taken around Paris to another place where she was hoping perhaps to store them and then brought them back to the building. And it was then at around quarter past 11 that a homeless man found these 
two trunks in front of the building in the courtyard outside the apartment where Lola lived with her parents. Now, Catherine, it's worth maybe clarifying one point before we go on. You mentioned that the suspect's sister lives in the apartment block and you also mentioned that the father, Lola's father was the caretaker for that block. But the police don't believe that there's anything linked that the families knew each other in any particular way beyond that they lived in the same area. As you can imagine, up in that area, it's a very residential area. There are rumours absolutely flying around and no motive has yet been identified. But people are suggesting that the suspect had had a confrontation or an argument with Lola's mother uh, because Lola's mother had refused to give her a pass to enter the block of flats. Lola's mother allegedly had said because she wasn't registered as a resident, because she wasn't there legally, she was unable to give her a pass to be able to enter the block of flats. But of course, you at the moment, that is all we know. And I, I repeat, you go to that area now where emotions are running very, very high and you can come away with 50 different reasons as to why this crime was committed. You're right. And there are various versions of what exactly happened over those few hours. But one of the reports even suggests that after leaving with the the suitcase that the suspect went to a bakery. Yes, there's various strands to what happened between that time and she left uh, the building and drove to another part of town and then came back. She went to a bakery. Uh, Apparently, she went to another part of Paris as well and tried to take the suitcases inside, had an argument with someone and then couldn't, then came back, got another, a taxi. uh, And when she was in the taxi, apparently struck up a conversation with the driver uh, about how was business, what was it like this time of year. And And her and the driver apparently ended up having an argument because the suspect um, wasn't given a lolly, a sweetie, which usually these taxi drivers have a few in their cars when they're driving around. So very strange behaviour from the suspect in that time when she was literally dragging these two large trunks from taxi to taxi uh, and then leaving it, as I said, in front of the building. There are a number of very disturbing aspects to the discovery. Obviously, the discovery of a a young child's body is disturbing in its own right. But there are other elements to this, Catherine, that have probably propelled it even more onto the front pages in, in Paris. There are indeed. Uh, What we know from police was that after uh, the suspect got Lola into her sister's apartment, she then forced her to take a shower. Police say that she then committed harm to her of a sexual nature. And then there were violent acts, which they say caused her death. The woman allegedly took the victim to her sister's apartment, who lived in the same building as the child. She then forced the 12-year-old to shower before physically and sexually assaulting her and ultimately killing her. Now, the coroner has said that the young girl died due to what they're saying was cardiorespiratory failure, signs of asphyxia and cervical compression. They also say that there was an element of sexual molestation uh, of that. We're not quite sure how far that went. Uh, There are also, or there were also wounds on her face and her back, there were gashes on her neck. And then there were also the numbers zero and one written 
on the soles of each of her feet. Do we have any idea what they symbolise? No, absolutely no idea what these symbolise as yet. So the woman has been questioned by police, I gather. Has she admitted to any of this? She, when she was first brought in for questioning quite quickly, she was arrested uh, the next morning. Uh, She did, she said that she had met this woman, that she did know and she was talking. And then some hours later, she retracted all of what police had thought was her confession. She went back to police and she said uh, that it was just a dream. She was repeating a dream. So police are really sort of struggling to find that line between what might have happened and what she claims was in a dream. She has been charged with rape and murder of a minor. She is being held at a prison just outside of Paris. And are there any other suspects? It's uh, It sounds lugging suitcases around, moving between houses, must have come into, interacted with other people. Yes, quite a few of these taxi drivers, the Uber drivers that she came into contact with have been questioned by police. They have all been uh, released. Uh, it's been shown that they had no knowledge of what was going on. Uh, And of course, some of them are now receiving psychiatric help, psychological aid, uh, because they've now discovered that what they had in the back of their taxi. Of course, the suspect's sister is still being questioned by police. uh, And that's pretty much all we know at the moment. But every single person who has been questioned by police have come back with the same answer, which is, It did seem strange. It was odd. There was a strange smell coming from the suitcase, but there was actually nothing they could put their finger on to think that this is what had happened. Uh, But they're all just now left in a complete shock as to, especially as more and more of these details of this crime uh, come to public knowledge. Have Lola's parents said anything since the discovery and some of those details have come out? No, they haven't said anything. However, on Tuesday of this week, her parents uh, went to the Elysee Palace. There they met the French president, Emmanuel Macron. Uh, He offered them his condolences. On Monday as well, the French president's wife, the first lady, also said that she would make sure that all help uh, was given and not just to them, but also to find out the circumstances of this. We do know that the family has left Paris. They've gone north to a town about 250 kilometers north of Paris, which is where their family is from. And it's there that next Monday, the funeral for 12-year-old Lola will take place. And it will be, as you can imagine, it'll be an incredibly emotional uh, funeral. And the funeral mass will be said by the Archbishop of Arras. And I presume, Catherine, this has been dominating the news agenda there. What has the public reaction been like? Just absolutely stunned by... Not just the details, just the fact that it happened in a normal, whatever a normal is, but that it happened in a normal Paris suburb, just almost under everyone's eyes, everyone's sort of wandering around. That This time of day is also very important because five o'clock in Paris is pretty much when people are picking up their kids from school, taking them to music lessons, taking them to sports. There's always a lot of people around in Paris at the best of times. But at five o'clock, 
people would have been going somewhere, taking their kids and rushing home to put dinner on. And so the fact that this was happening on a Paris street under their noses is really got people saying, gosh, you know, what sort of world do we live in? And what about politics? Because you mentioned or you touched on the idea that there is a debate around immigration on the back of this. What has been the political fallout? Well, there has been a, a large political dimension to this, particularly in the French Parliament, uh, the National Assembly. Uh, there we had the far right, uh, Marine Le Pen's party, the Rassemblement National, uh, blamed the government to some extent because the suspect had actually been given an order to leave France. She came back into the country in August, didn't have the appropriate visa to be living here, so in the next 30 days she had to leave France. Marine Le Pen pounced on this and said, this just goes to show uh, that the French government isn't working, it isn't up to the task, and that this sort of crime by illegal migrants in the country just shows that the, the interior ministry isn't acting efficiently. The case is still under investigation, but the leader of the far-right Marine Le Pen has called the French government responsible for the incident because of its lax immigration policy. There have been others who have, from her party, who've, if you like, who carried on that vein when they've given interviews to the media. Uh, essentially, this went down very badly. The Prime Minister and the Minister of Justice have said, look, do not hijack this, that this is a time when the family needs solidarity and support. They don't need this sort of political point scoring. And so we've actually seen the far right now say that they will stay away from all of the events that are planned, marches, commemorations and funeral for 12-year-old Lola. They've said they will stay away from those. And if they're going to have any sort of recognition of what's happened or any sort of gathering, it will be in Parliament and away from the, sort of, from the street where we all know that that's where the, the far right tend to, if you like, get more of the, get the population moving, wind people up, get feelings really running at, at almost boiling point. And is there narrative around this getting any traction? Because obviously immigration, always a sensitive and a hotly debated topic in France. So it, even though they're promising to stay away from some of the, what me and you might think to be the more somber and respectful events, is their argument getting traction? Are they making mileage out of it? Not really. Uh, perhaps among their own supporters, yes, we can see that they're trying to to get more mileage of it. But essentially, you know, this it's really felt, particularly in the population, interviewing people, you find that this really isn't the case to attack the government's immigration policy on the suspect was given 30 days to leave France. She wasn't taken into custody because she didn't have a criminal record. Uh, yes, it's true that it's a very long, drawn-out process to remove someone from France if they don't have a visa they've been told to leave. But essentially what it's coming down to is saying, you know, this is not the case. Now is not the time to attack the government. And finally, Catherine, what happens next with the investigation? You've told us the funeral will take place in the next few days and there are various events planned. But in terms of the police investigation, when can we expect movement on that? 
The French judicial system moves at a very slow pace. So now that we do have the suspect has been charged, uh, she's being held in the prison, uh, it can take years now before this comes to court. Yeah, we've seen other similar cases that take a very long time. Obviously, they will be under some sort of pressure to get this before the courts quite quickly. But really, it's very unusual for these sorts of cases, uh, particularly when there's so much emotion involved uh, for it to come to court quickly. And I mean, it would be unlikely that we would see this in a French court this year and possibly not even in the first half of next year. Catherine Field, thank you very much. Thank you. My thanks to Catherine Field for joining me today. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Garrett Mulhall, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips were from France 24, Euronews, GB News, Europe One, and Independent.ie. If you want to hear more of our award-winning journalism, you can visit Independent.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been affected by any of the topics discussed in today's episode, we have a list of helplines available on Independent.ie. Just go to independent.ie forward slash helplines for more info.